the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. Live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, professor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Jim Clark, not Gary Bell. And Gary Bell uh, would love to be here, but he has some other family obligations, and I was happy to fill into him for him. So we're here inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Our toll-free number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 1-888-367-5329. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is one 888 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Well, tonight we bring you part 19 in our series, The God of All Comfort. He is the God who comforts us, not only in some of our troubles, but not, and not only in some of our troubles, but in all of our troubles, especially in these perilous and uncertain times. As we continue forward in this new year, we need God's comfort. We need to be comforted by God's in the face of COVID-19 and its Omicron variant, We need to be comforted by God, not only in the face of sickness and disease, but also in the midst of social unrest, financial difficulties, and the multitude of trials and challenges we encounter on a daily basis. And now, lest I forget, we can add global conflict to this mix. So if you find yourself in need of God's comfort, then I challenge you to stay tuned and hear about this and much, much more, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Well, Dr. Buckner, it's good to be in the in well the virtual studio with you again. Amen, brother Jim. It's so good to have you back with us as well, and we miss you. And uh, we're just uh, thankful to the Lord that uh, He's given you another opportunity to be with us, and you always do a great job in the Lord. So we appreciate you being with us, and thank you for the wonderful, challenging introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry. L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. And in the face of all the things we're experiencing today, to add to the list of what Jim has uh, shared is uh, the gun situation, as well abortion, and so many other things, we have a God of all comfort that can comfort us in the midst of all of the crises, because if we turn to the second C, which is Christ, We'll have peace in the midst of the first sea, the crises, you know. Now, uh, in the midst of all that we're experiencing today, our lives are like tea bags. You don't know how tough we are until we're put into hot water. And that's a true saying. You don't know how tough we are until we put into hot water. And God has a way of putting us in hot water to just test, to see how strong we're going to be in the midst of the battle. And C.S. Lewis, the great uh, Christian Oxford scholar, 
once said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, but he shouts at us in our pain. And that is so true. Now, there are eight reasons. I'm say this by way of the body of my message. There are eight reasons why God allows bad things to happen to people. Uh, eight reasons why God allowed bad things to happen to people. Now, we want to encourage you to get your pens and your paper and write these points down because it'll be a blessing to you and uh, to you apologetically and sharing it with other people. Uh, let me review these eight uh, points, at least seven of them we covered thus far, and I'm going to try to get into the eighth one if we have time. Uh, so, um, number one. God allows bad things to happen to his people uh, to test the strength of our faith, to test the strength of our faith. Uh, number two, God allows bad things to happen to his people to wean us, W-E-A-N, wean us from the worldly things. Number three, God allows bad things to happen to his people to call us to a hope, a heavenly hope, not an earthly hope, but a heavenly hope, so that we'll get our minds on him rather than the things of this world. Number four, God allows bad things to happen to his people to help us to see who and what we really love. If we love him as number one, you know, that's a real big test for a lot of us. Uh, number five, God allows bad things to happen to his people to teach us obedience to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. And, you know, this is a serious one as well, because all of them are, uh, because, you know, sometimes God has to take us to the woodshed uh, to get us to humble ourselves, to be obedient to him. And that's a real test. Number six. God allows bad things to happen to his people that uh, he might manifest like the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, when he had that thorn in his flesh, uh, that he may manifest his sufficient grace, his strength, his perfection in our weakness. You see, in the midst of the greatest test of life, God wants to demonstrate his sufficient grace. And you know, I put up a list one time and put it this way. In the midst of the test of life, you can either get these three W's. You can either get weak, weaker, weaker, weakest, or the all of these S, strong, stronger, strongest uh, in Christ. And Paul got stronger in Christ despite that thorn in his flesh. And number seven, God allows bad things to happen to his people to develop in us spiritual godly comfort so that we, in turn, will spiritually comfort others in the body of Christ. We see this uh, as uh, with the title, uh, The God of All Comfort, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. It says, who comforted us in all our tribulations that we, notice plural, may be able to comfort them, plural, which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we, plural, ourselves, plural, we are comforted. See, God wants you to uh, take the, the 
experiences that you go through and be a comforting factor in the life of others. Uh, Number eight. Now we're going to get into the eighth one. Uh, The eighth and final one. God allows bad things to happen to his people to enable them to help others in their trials. Enable to help others in their trials. One of the major reasons why I have difficulty in life and you too is because in these major trials, God is using the trials to enable us to and strengthen us in the difficult trials, the major trials in our life to in turn come around and enable others to follow these uh, eight reasons in our lives. With the strength that God has uh, given to me, he wants us to strengthen others in their trials. You see, when you go through a trial in life, it's not by accident, but it's by God's providence. Uh, Donald Gray Bornhouse, the great Presbyterian preacher, one time said, there's nothing that could pass through our lives unless it first passes through the will of God. And that's so true. And Martin Luther said one time, the devil is God's devil. He's just on a leash, and and sometime God will just pull back on the leash just to take you to the woodshed. And when you get one shot of the Holy Spirit and a kick by the devil, sometimes you're in business. You're ready to do what God tells you to do. Now, when it talks about uh, enabling others uh, to help them in the midst of their difficulties and struggles. Isn't this what the Apostle Paul was referring to back in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 4? 2 Corinthians 1 and verses 4 through 6, where he says, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted. See, the Lord is doing this and allowing these trials, make note of that, allowing these trials, sometimes severe trials, unbearing trials, extreme hurting trials in our lives, and pouring comfort on top of those trials to strengthen us to do the very same thing for others. You know, that's why I say nothing happens in your life unless it first comes through the will of God. And God has a purpose, Romans 8 and 28. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And remember Joseph said to his brothers in Genesis 50, what you intend for evil, you know, God's going to bring good out of it. And that's what God does. Now I'm going to say this in closing. Let me say this in closing. As the Lord said to Peter in Luke 22 and verse 32, As the Lord Jesus said to Peter in Luke 22 and 32, you remember uh, Simon Peter, he has always put his foot in his mouth, like many of us do. You know, the Bible says, uh, be slow to speak, quick to hear, and slow to wrath. And a lot of times we put our foot in our mouth, we talk too much, and we need to just be good listeners. That's why God gave us two ears and... uh, two eyes and one nose and one mouth because he wants us to be good listeners. You know, a lot of times we get ourselves in a lot of trouble when we don't listen 
and always running our mouths. And there was a, a story about some uh, fishermen who were fishing one day, and they were catching these beautiful fish. You know, Jesus was involved with fishing and the, some of the apostles, and they were fishing. These women came by, and they were so angry. They said, how could you guys be doing that to these beautiful creatures of God? And the fishermen looked at the women, and they said, you know, we mean no harm. You know, we do this as a you know, profession and way of eating. But the fishermen said, if the fish would have kept their mouth shut, they would have never got caught. <laughs> oh, isn't that a great saying? A lot of times we get caught all the time. We get sometimes more into gossip than the gospel. And we put our foot in our mouth like Peter. And he would always uh, speak too quick. He was impulsive, like many of us are. And he just had fallen. Oh, I never deny you. Jesus said, yo, you'll deny me three times. And when he had fallen, the Lord spoke to him in Luke 22 and 32. He says, after you have turned around from this trial, so go and strengthen your brethren. You know, go and strengthen them. That's what Jesus said. Jesus didn't condemn him. He didn't knock him down further than what he was knocked down. He just said, do you love me? Do you love me? Three times, do you love me? Like he denied him three times. And, uh, you know, and he mentioned two times in the Greek, phileo. You know, that's brotherly, and I add sisterly love. But that third time, he hit him with that agape love. Oh, it got right to the, hit him right to the forehead with that agape love. God's love for man and man's love for God. Oh, this is a great teaching, a great series. And we trust and pray that it is really ministered to your hearts. And what a time to hear something like this when we're going through so much in our world today. People need to hear about the God of all comfort. And he has a way of comforting uh, people individually, collectively, marriages, and in so many other ways. We trust that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Lord, we just pray that this series has been a tremendous blessing to so many people who have heard it. We pray that it will not fall on deaf ears and that the enemy will not come and snatch up that which has been sown because Satan is in the business of seed snatching. We just pray that it will bear fruit in the lives of people who have heard this. And we pray that people will come to repentance and renewal in their life right now, hearing this word from the Lord through his servant. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Jim. Oh, Dr. Buckner, that's some good words. And, you know, I don't think there's a brother or sister in Christ out there that cannot relate to the idea of going through some suffering and going through trials and being able to know what you've talked about here with the, uh, with the reasons why we can go through them and what to expect from it. We can actually expect a blessing from these things. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're, you can relate to some of these things that Dr. Buckner has been talking about, we would like to hear from you. So please call us in with your story, with your testimony, and, uh, and keep it positive. We want to hear from you about what you've been going through. Uh, but right now, we're going to go off into a break. And, uh, and when we get back, we will take callers and, uh, and listen to what you have to say. 
You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. This is Jim Clark, and I am in the virtual studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And uh, we have been discussing, or he has been discussing, the uh, um, eight reasons why bad thing or God allows bad things to happen to people. And it's been so enlightening. And we were just having a discussion off air about uh, uh, how some of this stuff I could really relate to. And uh, boy, we'd really like to hear some of the callers, uh, how this is related to you as well. But uh, Dr. Buckner, would you, could you share with us how maybe uh, it's, you have seen God work in your life through the challenges that you've been through? Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, uh, there's been challenges, uh, you know, my uh, wife uh, at uh, many years ago, you know, she had uh, breast cancer and it was mild. They were able to get to it right away, uh, which is a tremendous time for us. And we prayed for a miracle to happen and God uh, got us through that difficult time. But we've come across so many people that have had a similar situation and have it now that we've been able to minister to on a large scale that have cancer and lymphoma cancer. And some of them are, I have a minister friend right now that's uh, dying of cancer. Uh, So uh, we looked at that as God having a purpose in that to uh, allow that in our lives um, and to take it and, and take that severe uh, challenge in our lives and uh, that uh, rock bottom experience and to realize Jesus is the rock at the bottom and and we used it to be a ministers to people that are hurting and going through so much in, in life right now. And, you know, in my earlier years, I had a lot of different difficulties coming up with a uh, no father in the home and you know, had some challenges, uh, you know, with uh, getting in some trouble when I was, uh, you know, under 18. And yet uh, God has taken those experiences and have used it for me to minister to so many young people. So it's, it's uh, I really do believe that uh, we go through certain things in life. And when we look back at it, we don't want to end life by uh, being a coward and being selfish and just commit suicide and say, you know what? I just want to end it. No, it's the beginning of something great that God is getting ready to do in our lives. And he can take what is intended for evil and bring good out of it. So, and I know you've had your share of uh, uh, situations too. Maybe you have something that stands out major for you that you can share with some people and then we'll get to some of the callers. Well, yeah, so I, I certainly do have some things that have happened to me in my life that uh, have, have really shaped my character, um, both before um, before I was became a Christian and then after. But because, uh, you know, when you bend your knee to the Lord, it doesn't always mean that your life is all squared away. <laughs> Mine certainly wasn't. And, uh, and so I had plenty of sin that had to be dealt with in my life, and God took me through it. And that included... Uh, you know, the the loss of a wife by suicide that I had to deal with. But, you know, what what that really, how God had transformed me through that process was not something I saw right away, of course, but it was something that was, uh, you know, came, came about later as I was really able to reflect on how 
um, how these things had gone in, in my life and just praying to the Lord and asking him to, to just reveal the, tr- the truth of what was going on. But it also reminds me of uh, in Romans where he says, uh, you know, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing the suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. I can't tell you how much that those verses have meant to me over the years because the struggles that we go through, they're not there for no reason. They're, they're there for a reason. And, Amen, and he's bro. going to change us in the process. That is so true. Very true. All right. Well, do you think it's ready to get into some calls? Let's do that. I think we'll go to Jermaine. Jermaine is our first caller tonight. Jermaine, are you there? Oh, hello. I'm here. Hey, Brother Jermaine. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Oh, good. Good to hear your voice. We trust that you got uh, touched by the series. I I think you probably heard most of it. uh, And I trust that you, it's been a blessing in your life. Is there something that really stood out uh, that ministered to you? Uh, actually, um, you know, it's always good, but the, the last comments that the both of you made about going through things and suffering and being for a purpose and just uh, relating Romans 8.28 about God, you know, working it out for, for the good, for those who love Him, just um, I really appreciate you both for being, you know, somewhat vulnerable and sharing things you don't have to share because it, it kind of lets us know, hey, you know, these guys are teachers and pastors, but they're human as well, and, and uh it's just a great example to, to anyone who, who can use it. Hey, man. Amen. Brother. Well, yeah. thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, we do appreciate that. And uh, what's on your heart tonight? Well, just um, the recent issue of our day, this uh, the uh, Supreme Court ruling being official now, um, I, I'm really perplexed by people I know who are close to me who are professing believers who seem to be so indignant and upset and they, um, you know, some some are female, but a lot are actually male. And I'm, I, you know, me and a cousin who I, I care for very much. He's a believer, and but I found him. In my opinion, I, I said, you know, it seems like you guys are catering more to your political party than what God's word says. Uh, and I know they they can accuse vice versa. Me personally, I'm an independent. I just lean towards wherever I believe is the right choice, but. I, I don't see how anyone could possibly support these people in the wickedness to just outright, just vile some of the things I've seen. If I saw some of the, if, if I tried to read some of the quotes online to you of what has been said about Clarence Thomas, you'd probably lose your show. I've never seen such racist, vile treatment of somebody that, that has been accepted. If it was on the other side, they'd literally be marching in the streets, but they've done everything but literally put this man's address out and, and are wishing actual death on him and blaming him for a ruling that I said was actually fair. If you, I said, did you read the law? It's not illegal. <laughs> but just wanted to see your you guys' opinion. What possible way could anyone who's uh, in the ministry be supporting abortion? Because I see a lot of people who are supposed believers and they're out there, actually, they keep saying women's rights. And I said, why don't you stop using euphemisms? Call it what it is. What You want to terminate the life of the baby, the pregnancy. So, you know, I want to take up too much time, but I just I would just love to hear your uh, thoughts on that. Well, that's a good uh, question. 
You know, there's a lot of people who say that they are believers. And um, when you look at their fruit, you see the opposite. You remember Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 that you will know them by their fruit. And so we judge a tree by its fruit. So a lot of people use Christian terminology but the evidence of their lifestyle is contrary to it because uh, they say, well, I, I believe, but if you don't practice what you believe, I mean, after all, the devil that uh, says in James 2 and 19 that the demons believe and tremble. So the big issue is not someone saying that they are a believer or a Christian. The evidence of a genuine Christian is someone who is living the Christian life and that they're bearing fruit and that they're being led by the Holy Spirit and bearing the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 and 22. But what we're, what we're up against, Jermaine, is um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. You might want to write that down as well. That Paul talks about, the Apostle Paul talks about in the last days that um, that God will send because they have rejected the truth. And this is what you're dealing with when it comes to abortion. It comes to uh, uh, all the different Christian uh, morality values. People have turned, a lot of people have turned away from that because they have rejected the truth. And the truth is in the Bible. You know, the Bible says, thou shall not murder in the uh, the old King James is thou shalt not kill, but the Hebrew is premeditated murder. And then it talks about in the book of Revelation that murderers will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not have a part. So, uh, but the apostle Paul says that um, because they have rejected the truth, that God will send strong delusions that they will believe a lie than the truth. And then he talks about, and to Timothy as a young uh, pastor, a young minister, rather, that, you know, time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers who will tickle their ears, and the truth of God shall be made into mythology. And then he talks to young Timothy about the doctrine of demons. And, and, and really, too, when you look at Revelation chapter 13, it talks about in the end of time that satanic worship will increase. So we're we're up against uh, when you bring out these points that you're bringing out uh, the last days, and it's going to get worse and worse. Uh, and when you have a leftist government that doesn't even protect the the uh, Supreme Court justices, the law says that that no one should protest. They're not, they're not able to protest legally. They shouldn't be protesting in front of three uh, uh, professional people, and that is Supreme Court Justice One, jurors, and judges. They should arrest everyone out there. Give them a warning. If you don't leave, you're going to be arrested. And anybody that does a terrorist threat, they should be arrested immediately. So we're, we're dealing with... Uh, prophecy, we have to keep our eyes on prophecy because that's the thing that keeps us focused on why people are so messed up. 
And you know, Romans chapter one talks about uh, when they graduate from Second Thessalonians chapter two from a delusional state, then they graduate with a degree in a reprobate mind, and they start to be- believe in all sorts of abominable things. And so, but with with people, I'm gonna say this: with people that you're dealing with, uh, I've learned through 51, about 50 over 50 years of of, of uh, ministry that. Uh, well, let me kind of get an illustration. There was a guy who, as we get into a commercial break, it's pretty soon. There was a guy that became a Christian, and he was a businessman. And he would debate with the uh, other men during his lunch break, and he realized he wasn't getting anywhere with the people. And then he just got quiet all of a sudden, and they asked him, why aren't you constantly debating us? And he finally looked up at him and said, the Lord Jesus told me not to cast my pearls among swine. And it gets to a place where uh, when they don't listen, we dust the dirt off our feet as a testimony and we pray for them because you can't even carry on a conversation with a lot of people because they're so irrational. I can carry on a conversation with somebody that's rational if they want to carry on a rational conversation. But if they get to the point where they're irrational, you know, the book of Proverbs says, don't ask for a fool according to his folly or you'll be like him. So uh, hopefully some of the stuff I've said, uh, but it's just part of uh, the end of time, Jermaine. We're in the last days and this is, it's going to get worse and worse. The abortion is one issue. You're dealing with something that's just as evil as uh, the abomination of men being with men and women being with women. And so you got one thing after the next, but it's all a part of the prophecy towards the end of time before Jesus comes. So we got to buckle up and be ready. Buckle up, be ready. Uh, Matter of fact, we're about at a commercial break. Why don't we have some prayer? You want to add to this, Jim, and then have some prayer around Jermaine's concern? Well, I would say, I, listening to you, I completely concur. We are um, the culture is is in a state where they cannot have reasonable conversations, and uh, and, and men, with many people, and anybody who frequents onto the social media platforms uh, can attest to this. It's you know, there's a lot more heat than light, and unfortunately, you really can't reason or even share the gospel with somebody who's in that state. So we can just pray for them. We pray for the world, and. Uh, and given that, I think that uh, uh, before we go to a commercial break, um, if uh, Jermaine, if there's uh, anything that you specifically wanted to have prayer for, why don't you let us know? When we come back, we can pray for it. Is there anything? Yeah, just, uh, how to uh, you know present the gospel to a family who uh, have these issues, and then also I've got a difficult financial month and some responsibilities coming up this this uh, upcoming week, and you know I know God can handle it, so I'll turn it all over to Him. So I would like prayer over that, please. Okay. All right. Well, uh, with that in mind, I think if it's uh, if it's not too soon to jump into a commercial break, we are going to uh, ask you folks out there to consider how the challenges in your life have have improved your situation and God has used it to improve your situation. We want to hear the stories from you. And meanwhile, uh, or if you need prayer, then please call us in and call us up and we will pray for you about some situations that are happening. We would love to do that as well. 
But uh, but for now, we're going to take a short break and allow our sponsors to serve you. And when we come back, we will take more calls. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay. My name is Jim Clark, and I am in the virtual studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we have been having just an awesome conversation and and, uh, just taken a call from Jermaine. And Jermaine's not with us uh, right now, but uh, he dropped off the line, but he had left with a prayer request, and uh, his prayer request is about uh, sharing the gospel with a family member who's sort of steeped in the leftist ideology and how can he approach that. And also just for his uh, overall financial situation, he's got some challenges coming up with that. So I want to uh, pray for him. But before I get into the prayer, I wanted to just share. And uh, Jermaine, if you're uh, still listening to the program, um, I wanted to share with you my youngest brother who came to the Lord a few years back and had been praying for a way to be able to reach his oldest daughter who had gone off to university and uh, she went to, well, she went to the same university that Hillary Clinton did. So it's a very leftist university. And uh, she was pretty much an open book when she went there. Uh, didn't have much of an ideology about anything. Certainly was not a Christian. Uh, she came back a communist and atheist and, uh, and everything that you, every other ism you can think of that they would teach at that school. Uh, you know, that's, that's what she came back as. And in just one semester is all it took. Um, she became very difficult to communicate with and, and her, her life just became racked with, uh, with, you know, with issues, relationship problems and so on. Um, my brother struggled to, to be able to reach out to her and, and, uh, you know, God told him that to be vulnerable with her. And so he, he did that. He shared a, a situation that happened to him recently and, uh, and uh, and he was he he was just vulnerable and he didn't have any expectations from her, but she did in fact open up to him, and he's now built a bridge and she's now even he got a chance to pray with her and and she's now open to the gospel and he's uh, he's actively witnessing to her. It just wouldn't have happened without uh, without that love and that connection uh, reaching out to her. And so um, Jermaine, I would just pray for you. Lord, um, we thank you for his faithfulness. We thank you for Jermaine, his heart to be able to talk to family members. We pray that you would give him wisdom, that you would give him knowledge, but most of all, that he would uh, just have the love in his heart, that he would uh, genuinely reach, be reaching out to, to them, not to win an argument, Lord, and I don't think that's what he would want to do, but Lord, if not to win arguments, but to win people, win people to Jesus Christ with the love. And, uh, and Lord, we pray for his financial situation. We pray that you would uh, give him grace and provision for whatever he needs. Lord, we can count on you. I know I certainly have in my life. I've counted on you and you have never failed me. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jim, for sharing that. It's a moving uh, story to share it with us. And who do we have next? We have uh, Brother Rick. Yeah, I believe we have Brother Rick. Brother Rick, how are you doing, Brother Rick? I'm blessed. How about yourself, Jim? It's good to hear hear from you again. Yeah, likewise. Thank you, thank you, Rick. I just uh, I think the last time I saw you was at uh, Doctor Buckner's um, 
birthday party? Was that it? Yeah, birthday and anniversary. It was at the birthday right. party. And, uh, you know, it's just, I, I miss being with you all in the studio and uh, being in church and all that good stuff. But uh-huh. I, got, I got a question for you. Well, before you, before you ask the question, because uh, we got plenty of time with you, you're the only caller right now. Oh, actually, we've uh, got one how, more after, we've got one more after Rick. Oh, too. we do have one more now? Yeah. Okay, so how did the, um, what did you get out of the message? How did this speak to you? Yeah, what, what, what I realized uh, today, and, and especially on the, uh, on, on the stuff that's going on with uh, Jermaine, I, I had some dialogues uh, today with my cousin. And he, he, she first started getting angry about the abortion thing. And then, then, I, then I was just able to calm him down. And I said, if you look at it, the Supreme Court didn't take sides. It basically said, let, let, the, let the states decide everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there was no, and, and it was no big deal. Whichever way you decide, whichever way they decide, they decide. But um, I calmed them down, and I just said, "Think about it." And the other thing to think about is that if you're if you're in a liberal state, most of, most of the angry protesting is coming from liberal states. What's the purpose of it? <laughs> so I'm just I'm just asking. So it's a valid question, Rick. It's a valid question. Yeah, Amen, brother. Well, thank you. So, so you 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 have a a, a question, specific question, though, right? Yes, I do. Last, last Saturday was the uh, celebration of Juneteenth, and a lot of people don't know that holiday very well. And what are what are the advantages and disadvantages of celebrating that holiday? Well, that's a very good question. Um, there's a whole lot uh, involved with this, you know, just uh, from a historical standpoint, um, the the Union Army, General Garton uh, Granger, on uh, June 1986, uh, proclaimed freedom for the uh, enslaved people in Galveston, Texas. And he sent out like 2,000 Union troops there. And uh, it was about uh, 250,000 uh, slaves that were uh, freed. Um, and uh, so that's kind of like a little historical information on that in terms of that. Uh, when we talk about Juneteenth, uh, in, in the minds of many people, it's a federal holiday celebration, Juneteenth. And, uh, but there is a. It has become very political in many ways. Uh, a lot of people are under the impression that it was a day of celebrating the emancipation from slavery, uh, but it, that's not what it's doing. You know, it's uh, it's uh, a movement now that got influenced pretty much by, um, really pretty much by uh, Trump, who really. Uh, they were kind of like going in a different direction than Trump in 2020 and then George Floyd. So that's kind of, they started moving in the direction of Juneteenth and heightening that. And then BLM jumped on the bandwagon with it. And, and so I see with not everybody involved with it, but there's a large segment where there is a lot of, uh, uh, we talk about white supremacy you see a lot of black supremacy with a lot of the mentality of some of the people 
uh, now, uh, are we against uh, celebrating uh, this? I think we need to know we're, we're for celebrating, I would say it should be a celebration of the emancipation from slavery, and we should be acknowledging uh, Abraham Lincoln because he's the one that God used to uh, help to uh, free the slaves and that sort of thing. But it has become a racialized situation, a divisional situation, and uh, it's not in a lot of ways bringing the people together but dividing them. Uh, it's become a time when you hardly ever see people even uh, acknowledging Jesus. But it's a time to get together and celebrate Black history and celebrate, uh, and people get together drinking, and then in the heat of everything, violence get uh, heightened and everything like that, riots. So uh, I, I think that, that, you know, we've gotten away from, uh, the original meaning of the Emancipation Proclamation. And then we're not only not acknowledging Abraham Lincoln has kind of like put him out of the picture, but they're also knocking down statues of Abraham Lincoln. I mean, so I think a lot of times our minds get warped by the enemy and we got to be really careful about all of that, Brother Rick. So that's what I want to kind of say on that. All right. I mean, I've, I've seen too much uh, pulling down of statues, and it's, it's basically saying, well, so-and-so is racist, Abe Lincoln's a racist, and all that jazz, and we really, and we really don't know, we're, we're, we're saying things just out, out of the uh, top, of our, uh, top of our mouth, and we don't know the history or anything. No, we don't have the understanding of the history. We're not being proactive, but we're being reactionary. Yeah. And that wasn't the, that wasn't the focus of even Martin Luther King Jr. You know, he wasn't about a a, a Juneteenth and all that stuff. He's about equality, but he acknowledged uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln and people like that. And but we've gotten so far away from uh, that. It should be a day of celebration of the Emancipation Proclamation, freeing the blacks, and we should uh, celebrate that day a day of that and uh appreciate god using abraham lincoln and frederick douglas frederick douglas the first black in the white house to influence uh you know abraham lincoln so that's where we at you have any prayer requests we're going to try to get our last caller before we uh end the show do you have any prayer requests uh basically continue to pray around my health i've been making some progress today and my, my body is uh, gradually getting stronger. Mm-hmm. And just uh, pr- pray, pray for me to stay on course right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we have Brother Jim to do that. Brother Jim, can you leave us some prayer on that? Sure. What was the last thing that you mentioned, Rick? Pray for me to stay on course with my health right now. I'm, oh, I'm, stay on course. Okay. I'm taking care of myself better, and I want to stay consistent with that. All right. Well, let's let's lift you up in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord, that you are a great God. You are a physician. You heal us. Lord, we can trust you in all things. And Father, we can trust you even with the struggles that we go through, as we've been talking about. And Lord, this has been a struggle for Rick. Uh, His health has been a struggle for some time. And Lord, we know that you've given him grace and you've given him a blessing. And, And Lord, we just pray that you would continue 
to uh, to heal him, to bring him his health and moderate his health, Lord, to give him more years with us, Lord. And we thank you for his ministry. We thank you for his spirit and his faithfulness and uh, to call him to the show and uh, and all these things, Lord. We pray. We give praise and thanks in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, Brother Rick, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate your question as well. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and quickly move on to our last caller. Uh, That would be Diane. Diane, are you there? I surely am. Sister Diane, how are you? Uh, Dr. Buckner, I am well. God has been very, very good to me. I'm doing very well. Thank you. And, and I know that you're doing well because I listen to you every Saturday. I hope you enjoyed your birthday and your anniversary over the last two weeks when you were away. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I hope you're doing well and your, your husband as well. He is. Listen, my purpose for calling tonight is I like to talk about contemporary issues. And when Jermaine called and spoke about the abortion issue, I thought to myself, let me call in, because I'd like to uh, say something about that. You know, you cannot find very many women that would willingly kill a child or kill a baby. But Satan is very deceptive, as you just said a few moments ago. And he is the adversary. We have to constantly remember that. And the first step that was taken to get women on board with the pro-choice matter is to convince women that it's not a baby that you're killing. I was pro-choice for many, many years until the Lord illumined my mind through Dr. John Feinberg as to what personhood is. And because I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, where the Dred Scott decision was heard, when the Supreme Court decided that blacks had no protection under the law because we weren't fully human, they denied us the protection of personhood. And that is exactly what is occurring with the unborn child. Now, it takes a lot of um, rhetoric to get an intelligent, well-educated woman, as so many of these women are, to believe that the baby is a thing until some point in time in its development. Then all of a sudden, it's like a caterpillar. <laughs> it turns into a baby. But I was deceived that same way for many years. I did not know we were killing children. And so I just asked for a little bit of understanding around some of the pro-life people. They are walking in darkness, and they simply do not know. And I'll repeat myself, you would have a very difficult time getting the average woman to kill a baby or kill a child. But as long as she doesn't think it is a baby, that it's just a thing, then that's a whole nother matter or consideration. Mm -hmm. You're so right. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly what you're saying. Uh, And we trust that whoever's listening to this program has heard your words as long uh, along with mine you know uh what comes to mind and what you said about satan is john 8 and 44 because jesus said you know he is a liar and he is uh, a murderer when he's lying to yeah. these people who are aborting these precious creations of god and then he's a murderer behind it all and you know when we look at the mentality of god 
uh, all the way back in the Old Testament, you know, God has laid out, you know, this thing of murder. But when the children of Israel were giving in to the pagan world and throwing their babies into the fire with Moloch, I mean, God judged them severely because God didn't play around with stuff like that. But we've gotten so far away. Our biggest problem today in the world today, we've gotten so far away from God and so far away from Christ and the Bible that, uh, you know, like I said earlier, we're in a state of people in a state of delusionalism and reprobate. And it's just that we just got to pray that God will continue to open up their eyes and get out there and fight and stand for the truth because the truth will make people free. Christians will share the gospel, that we will share the truth in a loving, compassionate kind of way. Because, mm-hmm. see, it's always pro-choice. Women have a choice not to get pregnant. But you don't hear anyone talking about this. You already have a choice. And you chose to become pregnant, even in the event of rape or incest. That's so true. Well, we hear that music, and thank you so much for your call and your words of wisdom, Sister Diane. And Brother Jim, I'm going to turn it over to you to knock a home run. All right. Well, we have come to the end of another exciting broadcast, and we would like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being a part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are always an encouragement, so please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. Uh, you can reach Dr. Buckner by phone at 415-721-1778. And if you have friends or relatives outside the broadcast area, encourage them to listen to Contending for the Faith online at kfax.com. We thank you that uh, that you've been with us here tonight, and we look forward to hearing from you for another broadcast of Contending for the Faith. And uh, when we're Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 